He didn't yeah. want to let Backstrom down. He didn't want to let OV down. If I go to Rocket Bar, I know I'm getting pretty fucked up. I think this is a good player. He's a very good, skilled player. The Hurricanes are fucking garbage. Dude, if you played the Bowie Bruins back in the day, you knew this play. What it do, DMV? It is episode 58 of Chirpin' DMV. The weather has gotten a bit nicer. It's warm out. The boys are buzzing. So, AB, KP, let's start with you guys. What's happening, KP? Uh, not much. It's cold as shit today, uh, I might add. It's not nice weather. Not today, but how was your weekend? Bit. But uh, other than that, yeah, the weekend, it was good weather. Got to get out on the blades a little bit. Me and AB went to downtown Annapolis. Skated around the streets, straight at, uh, went by the local bars. Most of them were closed, but it was a good time. There you go, AB. What's up? How was your weekend? Uh, it was pretty good. I went up to um, Ellersburg for the first time in a while. Jimmy from Florida was in town. So basically just had a nice booze fest at his house for the weekend. Uh, caught some rays, and by some, I got burnt as fuck. Yeah, I am torched as shit. And yeah. speaking of... Jimmy, AB is about to be our new Tampa Chirpin DMV correspondent. Yeah, it's in it's in the works right now. It's in the works. Um, it's kind of crazy. Saturday, I was like, all right, let's do this on a fucking win. Let's just fucking go and never go back or never come back. <laughs> um, then couldn't get on the flight for the 3 o'clock flight yesterday, uh, which was Sunday. Um, and then I got home and kind of thought it over. And I was like, all right, let's maybe not do that, but – Let's start this transition on moving down. So, could be a huge move for me coming up soon, very soon. There it is. There it is. We, like I said, Tampa Bay correspondent. Uh, let's see. This weekend, you could have called me at Battle Creek all day Saturday, boozing, catching some rays, getting burnt to hell, uh, sitting out on the boat, KP. Yeah. You, I mean, can't wait to get back out on the water. Sea Breeze was doing some to go. Who'd you roll orange, out with? Orange Crushes. I went out with Aaron. Nice. Yeah, a lot yeah. of local local places are doing that to go yeah. orange crushes. Yeah, you could boat. Well, you could crushes. boat up the sea breeze. They're redoing the whole like inside of the bar and restaurant and everything. Nice. It's kind of tight. And orange crushes were fucking delicious. A lot of people on the water. Oh, dude, there was probably twenty five, thirty boats in Battle Creek. I think Aaron said Friday because he went out Friday too. Like the whole sandbar was loaded with boats, and there was probably like fifty to hundred people on the boat I mean, itself. Think about the... it. It was pretty much opening weekend. Yeah, and the sandbar itself. Yeah. Uh, a Maryland State helicopter came over and like kind of hovered over, and I think a ton of people, he said, got in their boats and took off, thinking that DNR was going to come and disperse yeah. because of the whole social distancing shit. And there's a hundred people on this little sandbar. Yeah, but, but never did. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say it's it's fucking whatever. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it was pretty much opening weekend, so he, yeah. So why the hell aren't you going to be out and about? No rules. No rules, baby. So let's get into some hockey. Let's start with Pierre Lebrun over that beautiful weekend we had. Tweeted that sources indicate the return to play committee has talked throughout the weekend. NHL, NHLPA making progress on a 24-team format. Uh, sources are also stretching that there's still a lot of work to be done. So let's – I mean, that's been the big news. And if there's still more coming out today, I mean, Bleach – I just got a notification from Bleach Report an hour ago saying that eight or nine locations are being looked into seriously and heavily considered. One of them is Arizona. I think today you saw Texas and California say that by May 31st and June 1st, they're going to open their states to pro sports teams without fans. We already know Florida has opened theirs. So, KP, let's start with you. 
Yeah, what do you want to start with me on? The subject of it? Yeah, just thoughts I mean, on the NHL. The, it looks the whole, like – I mean, we've been talking about it for I weeks I guess what, what, what I would want to start with is the subject of the 24-team difference. Does, does that bother you? Like, a lot of people are talking about that 24 from – what is it, usually 16? I mean, A.B., you can chime in, but, like, we've been kind of joking about, like, all the options over the past few weeks and the past few episodes and because we always thought the 24th thing, team thing was just kind of unrealistic, but it seems like it's the go-to option right now. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, do you, well, first off, if we do finish out this season, what are, what are your, what are your first thoughts about it at all? Like, are you going to be the guy that's like, ah, this season asterisk, like doesn't fucking count. Right. That's like, that's what I've heard a lot of people say. Or is this a fuck it, right? Run with, like, if you win the cup, you win the fucking cup. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, right. how, how do you feel? As long that? as you're still, I mean, granted, everybody's like, you didn't play a full 12, or you didn't play a full season, because there's, a, for the most part, there's 12 games left for each team, which are important games, because usually those last, like, 12 to 15 games are all divisional games. If you look, I don't, I don't have it offhand, but if you look at the cap schedule, I know we played, like, the Islanders a couple times. We played in divisional opponents, so you can make the case for that, but You've played 70 games at this point. If you win a cup, especially in this 2014 playoff, it's going to be a long playoffs regardless. You're going to have to get through more teams than you would before in tighter situations because I imagine with 24, it's going to be some type of five-game round, so best-of-five series type thing. And it's as long as you're playing the seven-game final and you're playing kind of the amount of games it takes to win a cup, at least 16, then I don't think there should be an asterisk. I, right. I mean, I think people just need to – to shut the fuck up about the whole asterisks and all that. Like, look, we want to get hockey back. It is what it is. It's either you do – if you're going to say that, like, oh, an asterisk, blah, 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 then you should be on the train of don't have hockey. It's, it's right. not going to be the same. That's the train you should be on. If not, shut the fuck up. And then I think, I think the 2014 ideal would just be, like, do you let Montreal and, like, Chicago in, teams that had a chance mathematically, but – Maybe in your head you didn't think – like, do you give that's those teams my, a chance or, or no? That's my issue there is, like, if a team that was lower than a 16 seed basically ends up rolling through the playoffs and winning the Stanley Cup, I'm probably going to be like, yeah, that's kind of – like, it's kind of bullshit. I mean, at the but same then, time, But then you were also like – But they earned it. I get, I get what you're saying, right. like, that, that they earned that – like, they played well enough in that tournament. But at the same time, it's like – they probably shouldn't have made it in there in the first place. So that's. But if you're good enough to be the Stanley Cup champion, you should be good enough to be go through everybody. Yeah, well, I sometimes it doesn't work like that. Like, like the point of an 82 game season is to figure out which who are the top 16 teams. And then they. I mean, you're still not letting everybody in. You kind of had the shortened season, so then you kind of give a couple more teams a chance. Is how I'm looking at it. The shortened season, you get a couple more teams a chance, and you're still going for the cup. I think to give those teams a chance, you finish out the regulars. I I think if you play the season, if you play a 2014 playoff, why would you not just finish out the season and go and run a very quick playoffs? Well, they're trying to find a way to limit the amount of teams and the amount of people and the amount of players involved. So if you just kind of end the season, just go with 24 instead of all the teams, like. Teams that are like def like you know what I mean. It's just less teams, I guess, at that point. Yeah. Is there? Um, have we looked at the format, Billman? Do you have the format? Uh, there's not really a set format, but uh, Renaud Lavoy or whatever of TVA Sports reported a proposed structure that, like we said, would break the teams up into 24 
24 teams in the four divisional groups for a round robin, round robin style first round. The Atlantic division would be the Bruins, the Lightning, the Panthers, the yeah, Maple Leafs, the Rangers, and the Canadians. Metro goes Caps, Pens, Flyers. Well, this article says Carolina Panthers, but they mean Hurricanes. Islanders and Blue Jackets, Central Division, Blues, Avalanche, Predators, Stars, Jets, and Hawks. And then Pacific is the Golden Knights, the Oilers, Flames, Vancouver, Arizona, and the Minnesota Wild. Uh, under that proposal, teams would play five games in nine days against their divisional opponents. The NHL would then use a percentage of points accumulated in the round robin portion and the regular season to see and the regular season to see the playoffs. With the top two teams receiving a bye, numbers three to six seeds in each division or pod. And they're only playing but, each team once? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, each, each I team see, I don't like that. I don't like so, that format at all. It's kind of weird, but hold on. The number numbers three to six seeds in each division will play a best-of-three series to determine which teams would advance to the standard 16-team format, which would then be played as normal. So you have to come out of your pod to make this, the normal NHL playoffs, and then it's normal, just seven-game series until the Cup. Uh, yeah, I don't like that. I'd rather, if, I'd rather them just do the 24 teams and start it. I mean, that's what they're doing. They're, they're taking the 24 but no, teams. I would, I would do no round robin. I, w- I want them to just start. Oh, well, I think they want to count that as the regular season. So, I mean, that's five games. That's five yeah. games. Obi scores more than two goals. That's a 50-goal season. Give them everybody a tune-up. You would yeah. play five games in nine days. So you, and you know it'd be, all, it'd be like pretty much back-to-back at those arenas. Those games would be going all day, all day. You'd probably just have like one quick day in between. Yeah, they'd be at crazy times, too. And if the best team's going to come out of it, if it's that way, and then you have to go through a one through six playoff. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of the round robin. Um, yeah. The 24 team. Like, I see. I feel like it's more than it needs to be. Take out the round robin, like you're saying, and make it that one through six best of three series to get into the yeah. 16 team tournament. Right. Or like the top eight teams all get a bye through the first round and have like 16. So. Then you're having 16 teams play against each other, and then eight teams get eliminated. Then you're already down to 16 teams, just so that yeah, in that in any case, you still have like those eight teams that earned what they earned through the playoffs, like are guaranteed to make the play, like the actual playoffs. In my from my point of view, right? I mean, some teams already had it locked in, so. Exactly, and then they get out in the first round because of some bullshit like this. Like that's why I don't like this at all. Like well, what? I mean, they, like, they, even just because they're locked into the playoffs in the in the regular NHL playoffs, they can anybody can still get knocked out in the first round. So, yeah, but I, I mean, I I see what you're saying, but like a team like Chicago should not have the chance to upset the number one seed. But if you're the number one seed, you should be the best. You should be able to knock off Chicago if they suck. But at Again, now that we're on a two-month break, you have no idea how these teams are going to react to that. Like, dude, Tampa Bay started off as a 500 team. Like, worse worse than that. Yeah, worse than that. So, like, that's that's why I'm just I just. And I I think something that else was was proposed was a three-week training camp too, at minimum. Yeah, yeah, they definitely have to have a a training camp, and they're probably going to have to play i they have to play some regular season games because look at um look at the michael jordan documentary uh he he came back from retirement um played like 20 games yeah played like 20 games that season and everyone was saying like he was only at 80 percent he couldn't play at 100 percent. so all i meant like michael jordan did that he's one player and he's the greatest player of all time 
Imagine an entire fucking league doing that. All coming in after a two-month break. Yeah. I mean, I know they weren't on a 21-month break like Michael Jordan was, and it's a completely different sport, but still, you're like a professional athlete. They all usually have around the same training regiment. They need a certain amount of time to get their feet under them. That's why some teams start off slow. Some teams start off hot. I think that's – Yeah, nobody's going to be up to game speed at all. Like, that, that's, that's going to take a couple games, so. And, and that's why, Kyle, like, I'm saying I don't think this 24-team thing should have – I think they should just keep it as a 16-team. Just shorten the season by, like, four to four to six games. Everyone gets, like, 75 games played, and then you go right into your 16-team playoff. I don't understand. Yeah, but at that why. point, but you still you, have to but break at that it point, AB, are you so the cities? Yeah, you still have to do that. Yes, hundred percent. But I don't think you need the twenty-four teams. Okay, but at that point, you're saying, are you still bringing in every team to finish the season? You're yeah. saying to finish the season, you're bringing in every team, and then those teams that don't make it, they just go home after a couple of days. Yes, I, I mean, just think I just think that, and I understand what you're saying to make it all real. But in reality, I feel like that's a lot to bring in like a whole NHL franchise, a whole extra team. When that many extra teams. Right, that many extra teams just to come for a couple weeks and then they're gone. I get what you're saying, the integrity of it all, but I think their point of it is to, to limit the speaking. amount. Yeah, this is like realistically because of test testing, like the extra staff they'll need, things well, like that. I'll tell you what's realistic and I'll get your opinions on it. So there was the conversation that came out with the infectious disease specialist about – ways to modify the game and it was proposed that full face shields so yes, fish bowls for everybody no fighting no scrums uh let's see coaches social distance wearing face masks on the bench wingers maintaining two feet of distance on face-offs no spitting on the ice or bench which is i i can't control that when i'm on the fucking ice i'm spitting and hawking everywhere but <laughs> what do you think of those proposed changes or styles of game that would have to be played imagine ovi in a fishbowl yeah I think they. Ha I think that's almost like guaranteed to happen. I think they're gonna make everyone wear that, and probably for the rest of like, like that might be a permanent change. Honestly, I mean even to the start of next year could yeah. still be in effect type deal. Yeah, I think they've said they were gonna try to redesign them to make them like as like, like your sweat stays in that thing or on you as much as possible. They're gonna like redesign this face shield. It's not even gonna be like the ones that are out now. Yeah. So uh, I mean. Could you imagine a guy lifting the cup with the face shield still on? Yeah, I know. Looking right? like an asshole. It's just like every, everything's going to be fucking different. But, I mean, back to the whole integrity thing. Like, I'm pretty sure the NBA is trying to do – like, is trying to have every single team compete still. So, I mean, yeah, if they are – you know, All in one, like, hotel Yeah, I think that's just well. the back and forth that they're going through. Like, is it how much do you, like, change the season – uh, yeah, and still have um, the season, or you change too much, and then it should just be a wash. I think that that's what they're going back and forth for. Yeah, I'm I'm just not a huge. I mean, I guess I'll take anything to get hockey back, but I'm definitely not the biggest fan of this 24 team playoff, especially with that round robin shit, dude. What if the cat like the cats could easily go 0 and 3, and then it's just like what the fuck? Yeah, do we just have some three bad games in a row and we're fucked? Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, uh, yeah. Whereas, like, if we, we got just... left out of the playoffs, it'd be some bullshit. Like a really good top team that was winning their division all year was guaranteed a playoff spot for the most part, and then exactly that's that's my whole thing about this whole situation. And honestly, the the way the Caps were playing, I mean, again, there's a two month breaks after three month break. I don't know how long it's been now, but like the Caps would have been the team to fucking 
like fuck that first round up. Like yeah, if we, if we went into the first round <laughs> and we lost like a seven game series to whatever, like in the same structure to like the I Canadians, I, I yeah, because well, Price got hot. Yeah, because if we'd had to play them as like a top seed and they were a lower seed and they yeah, just fucking like, beat us in a three game series, like two to Canadian, one. Yeah, the Canadians shouldn't have been in there in the fucking first place. So if we lost like Carolina, I would have been like, well, fuck, should have seen that coming. Yeah, you know? right. That's true. I, I know. I get what you're saying. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I guess we just got to wait and see. So speaking of the Caps, our interview today, Nathan Walker, part of that 2018 Stanley Cup championship team, uh, that massive assist in game six of the Pittsburgh series for the only regulation goal, which we would go on to end up winning that game two to one, winning the series as we know. And, yes, yeah, some Australian talk, some snake talk, and some kangaroo talk. Yeah, he was fun. He was a good time. I mean, he, he kind of let it loose with us, so that was – He's a good interview. My, yeah. I will say this. I don't know what was going on, but my internet connection sucked. So if there's a huge fucking delay every time I ask a question or, or we fuck up somewhere in that, it's because it was bad internet connection. <laughs> Got to upgrade that Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah, he was he was a great guest. Gives him uh, in-depth good stories. Uh, I mean, this is a guy still grinding out NHL career. So definitely want to listen to this one. Check it out and uh, stay with Nathan Walker. Maybe we'll get him back on the caps. We're looking for a fourth liner, I heard. Yeah, we are. So he spent a lot of time in Hershey. The Capitals announced that the, with the Hershey Bears that they have extended their affiliation agreement through the 2023-2024 season. I guess that contract was up, and we decided with, to re-sign with Hershey. Smart move, obviously. I don't think there's any doubt that we would have. No, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that organization's been great for so long. They've been producing a lot of goalies, a lot of players, and, I mean, they're winning. Maybe. Yeah, I didn't even know that was really in question. So I was. Just yeah, I just to... saw some news articles and posts about it, and I was like, "Well, it's where the fuck else would we? Who who else will we sign with? I mean, Hershey's right up the road. We yeah. can get guys here within a day, and it's just, like you said, it's they're they've been a championship AHL team for how long, and they're always competing, but Although, they won't be competing this year. I was gonna say I don't know how much yeah. how many times like teams like that change because Nathan Walker actually does mention in this interview. Um, yeah, a little change he had. Well, yeah, like the I think St. Lu- like Vegas took over their affiliate over the St. Louis Blues affiliate team or something, and they switched Correct. teams. I'm yeah, and now he's that. he's switching. Teams. Yeah, because San Antonio they got bought out. They were yeah. St. Louis's, maybe Vegas's now. Yeah, right. Or maybe they're both. I don't know if they yeah. share sometimes. Or, um, regardless, Colorado used to share. Regardless, none of those teams are going to be playing because the AHL did cancel their season so after a lengthy review process the american hockey league has determined that the resumption and completion of the 1920 season is not feasible in light of current conditions so no more ahl no more ahl so yeah, i mean i think it's going to take big bucks to like for them to pull it pull it off for the nhl so maybe the ahl is just looking at it that way and uh they're just going to step forward to the next season like give the guys the summer you know yeah, get the guys for summer and not I mean, try to go to that logistical nightmare, nightmare that the NHL is going through with less funding. Right. I was going to say, I think, I think they're already in too deep. I think they're going to do whatever they possibly can to get this out. I mean, they've already lost like a billion dollars, I think, or something ridiculous like that. The NHL? Something I saw nuts. something that was like $1.1 I was like, Jesus, really? Yep. So, I think they're going to do whatever they can to finish the season out. Boom. I'm here for it. Uh, with that being said, I don't got anything else, so let's kick it over to Nathan Walker himself, the Aussie. 
All right, guys, we now welcome on a special guest, first Australian to play in the NHL, get a point in the NHL, play in the playoffs, and win a Stanley Cup, a guy who spent six years here, part of this Capitals organization with the Caps, Bears, and even the Stingrays for a little bit. Uh, now in that Blues organization, the 2018 Stanley Cup champion, Nathan Walker. Man, what's going on? Welcome. Hey, not much. How are you guys doing? Good. Not too bad. So early morning for you. Uh, not really a late night for us, but yeah, the whole time Denver's are down in Australia right now, like I said. Uh, how is everything going down there with you guys right now uh, compared to, I guess, here? Um, yeah, I mean, it's getting pretty good here. Um, they're talking about opening up bars and restaurants the next week or so. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of the a lot of the Aussies have been doing the right thing. Um, there's obviously been those few that are, you know, breaking the law or whatever, breaking the rules. But for the most part, uh, most people keep their distance and most people have been staying inside, which is pretty good. Good, yes. I think it's the quickest way to get us back to normal and get us all being able to go back to bars. They're opening beaches up already over here. They're starting to open beaches up. So we'll see. We'll see if there's oh, like really? a wave or something. Yeah. Isn't so, the East Coast pretty bad though? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Great, but nobody's listening. Yeah. I don't know no, why the beach is up, but I mean, I America. guess it, uh, it's yeah. probably more for Memorial Day coming up. They're just opening it up for the season so they can make their money. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yep. Yeah, fair enough. So let's kind of get into some hockey here. Let's just kind of go from the start here. I mean, born in Wales, you moved to Australia when you're two. I mean, they put it quite bluntly. I mean, how the hell do you get into hockey? Where do you find a stick? I mean, how do you get started in that sport? Um. Oh, it was just a weird coincidence. My brother and I one day just kind of went to one of the local rinks here and um, we just saw some kids playing hockey and, you know, instantly we just thought we wanted to do that and I just kind of kicked off from there. Um, we both fell in love with the sport and um, my brother and I both played for a while and then I eventually moved to the Czech Republic and then uh, over to North America. Yeah, so um, I saw that you, you mentioned uh, the Czech Republic there. Is that where you played for your U14, U16 years? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I left. Uh, I would have left Czech when I was probably like eighteen or so, eighteen, nineteen. Okay, so I saw that you were just absolutely body bagging your fourteen, you sixteen years, uh, seventy-seven goals, twenty-five assists, a hundred and two points in fourteen games for a U fourteen season, and sixty-nine. Oh, back home in Australia. <laughs> oh, that was in Australia. That was back home in Australia. Yeah, if that was in Czech, I might have been drafted a bit earlier, but no. <laughs> <that was>, uh, <laughs> I mean, absolutely yeah. body bagging this, these guys, huh? Yeah, that was um, that was back home. But I would have been, I would have been maybe like twelve or thirteen or so playing in the under sixteens, I think, or the under eighteen, something like that. And, you were um, and that was that was like one of the last years where I was like, you know, if you really want to try and make a, you know, make a career out of it and try to go somewhere with hockey, then you probably got to get overseas. Um, but yeah, I remember those years. They were funny. I think I'd play rugby in the morning. Um, Saturday, Sunday morning rugby, and then I'd head over and play three games of hockey, whether it be under 13s and then 16s and then 18s all on the same night, three games in a row. And then, uh, yeah, eventually playing U20s, I think, I, was what I read, but I don't know if that's accurate or not. But absolutely. Yeah, I honestly, I can't remember. I'd, I'd have to look at all the, uh, the old school <laughs> stat packs. <laughs> so, so why Czech Republic? I mean, you pretty much played – a majority of your career there before coming to North America. I mean, was it kind of the one of the leagues that gave you an opportunity? But like, why check over, say, like Sweden or one of the other European countries? Yeah, good question. Um, there was a Slovakian, Slovakian coach here that coached us in the state team, um, and he had a couple contacts in that organization there in Czech. So he pretty much set up a tryout for me. Um, went there, had a week to you know practice with the team and kind of see what I you know what I could bring and everything and. 
they were happy enough and they signed me up and then you know i stayed there for five years or so okay so um what was your first hockey experience in north america uh i actually came and played inline hockey in the can-am cup in uh it was in ontario i would have been i would have been eight years old uh that was the first time i went over there to play hockey uh, we play. I played an inline tournament. I uh, I managed to get on with a team called the Chatham Rolling Cobras, mm-hmm. and um, I played there for the weekend. And played with them, and then um, yeah, it would have been eight or so. But that was the first time I played hockey in in North America. And it was so, actually for a North American team as well. Did you start off as an inline player, or did you start as an ice hockey player? An inline player. Yeah, I started skating in, on inline skates when I would have been two or three, like just before, just after I got walked. Yeah, that's how we got started here in uh, Maryland, the Maryland area. We just started in, on rollerblades, basically playing outside. And then there was a, actually yeah. an inline roller rink that we all just started a hockey league there. And that's how we got started. Yeah, there's a, those, it used to be really big back home. Um, they used to be full-on leagues and big tournaments and everything like that. Um, mm. But, I mean, there's so many rinks that have just been demolished just because of the governments, you know, right. saying they're not bringing enough money and all that kind of shit. Do so. you still play um, inline yeah. summers? No, I've I've wanted to. There's there in there's the World Inline Tournament that's usually around uh, end of May or so. I think it is. Um, yep. I've always wanted to go. I've never really pulled the trigger to do it. Um, but I mean, I, I got inline skates. I usually hop on them in the summer and do workouts and everything because it's a bit hard to get ice every day here. Right. So I usually yep. grab inline skates, head down to the little netball courts and skate the lines. I get some weird looks, but oh, well, there's what it is. <laughs> that's yeah. for sure. So let's kind of take it right to 2014. I mean. Round three, 89th pick overall by the Caps organization. Kind of take us through that experience for you. I mean, you get drafted in the NHL. I mean, first Australian to do so. I mean, what, what did that mean to you? I mean, and kind of take us through it. Yeah, that was huge. Um, I mean, obviously, two years before that was my actual draft year. And, um, you know, there's some pretty positive feedback about, you know, teams are pretty interested and, and all that kind of good shit and saying, you know, it's it's looking positive and everything. So um you know i really thought that was going to be the year right right? so yeah once that didn't happen i was like oh shit here we go i'm gonna have to go (laughs) to school right now and all this stuff get a proper job and everything um but yeah then the next year rolled around and nothing really happened again and i was like yeah all right here we go so then uh i think the year before um after that second year i went back to check but then went over to um after that sorry after that second year i went to caps camp um and then ended up playing well enough in camp to get a, a deal with Hershey that first year. And then uh after that first year, that summer in 2014, um, I was just talking to my agent and he seemed pretty confident that someone was gonna take me after playing in the AHL already for a season. And um yeah, sure enough, the you know, my name popped up and we're actually watching it on a live stream and uh for some reason the connection wasn't the best, so it kind of buffered. You know, do a, a few picks and it would stop, and then all of a sudden, be another twenty picks later, and it would have, it would have been done. So I think it went to the eighty third pick or something, um, and then it kind of stopped. The stream stopped for a bit, and the next pick that we saw was like the ninety third or ninety fourth or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we don't get great reception um, on the mobiles down home, so I didn't really get any messages then either. And then sure enough, the TV came back on, and we we saw my name, and we were just going ape shit it was insane we were, we were yeah we didn't know what to think but it was um it was pretty cool that's yeah it's kind of crazy so the first few years i guess go by and you're kind of thinking well fuck i guess i'm stuck 
not really stuck. I mean, you're like, oh, I guess I'll go play the, the European professional hockey route instead of getting that crack at the NHL. And then boom, uh, the caps, you do, like I said, you do that good camp. Was there a specific team that you kind of would have been happy that you got drafted to or a favorite team you had kind of growing up or were you just happy with any team that was going to take you? I mean, you were obviously happy with any team that, um, you know, was going to take you, but I think the caps organization was, you know, they're top notch and to be drafted to a team like that with, you know, for them to have uh, myself and their mindsets at that time with the team that they had and the team that they were going to have for the next few years, I think, um, you know, that's, that's a pretty big honor, I think, to be drafted, um, especially when they got guys you know, like Ovi and back and Kuzi and all that in the yeah. system. And um, yeah, no, that was, that was really pretty special for myself. So, so you spent a majority uh, of your time in Hershey in the AHL. Kind of talk about that organization and, you know, spending the time there. Yeah, it's great. Um, I mean, when when I went there, Doug Inks was still there, and I remember chatting to him. And um, this is when there was only thirty teams in NHL still, and he was saying, "Yeah, it's a great organization. This is like the thirty-first NHL team." And this was the first conversation I had with him, and he was saying that. And um, I think from then on, you kind of you kind of get that feeling that you know they want to make it feel like a an NHL locker room and an NHL vibe and an NHL you know the way they take care of you and. Um, you know, Hershey's a top-notch organization. I think it feeds off um, Washington as well. I think they're both, are, you know, they're both great organizations and they work really well with each other. Go ahead, A.B. Uh, well, I was actually going to ask before that, did you, as a kid growing up, did you watch the NHL at all? Or was, was there, were you um, able to watch the NHL? I mean, when, when we went over to North America for tournaments and whatnot, we would grab all the DVDs, you know, Wayne Gretzky, the great one, and the next ones, the, mm-hmm. all the Stanley Cup videos. We'd grab them. We'd bring them home and watch them. But as for games on TV, um, there wasn't a lot on. It's slowly getting a little bit better now. They're probably airing about three or four games a week, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, but when I was younger, when I was in my early teens, there wasn't much on TV in regards to hockey. No, like live hockey or anything like that is what you're meaning? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no live yeah. hockey at all, yeah. Um, jumping back to Hershey real quick, uh, something fun. Did you have a favorite ride in the amusement park? Did they – I mean, I'm sure they had you guys out there. Did you guys go and, like, go out there at all, enjoy it, or how was that? Yeah, definitely. We actually did um, – we did a few appearances every year, which is pretty nice. So I'd always sign up for those ones. Um, but, I mean, there's a couple of roller coasters that, you know, make you shit your pants a little bit. But the, the – um, <laughs> The uh, I think it's I can't remember the name of it, but it's the big yellow one. It's the one you see pretty much when you drive up the Hershey. But um, yeah, that one's probably the best one. Now, have you ever played for? Did you ever it, play in the? Uh... For like Go Team ahead, Australia, Phil. or is there like been an Australian team that you've played for? Like, actually got to put that Team Australia jersey on. Um. Yeah, I played played for Australia twice. Um, in ice hockey, and then a few times in inline hockey as well. Um. When ice hockey we played, when we played, it would have been 2000 and, oh boy, it's gone back a bit, 2012 maybe? <laughs> right. 2012 or 2013, we played actually in Melbourne. Um, there was a brand new rink they built here and we hosted it. Um, we were fortunate enough to win, I think it was Division Division 2B or something. So it is what uh, it is. <laughs> When's a win? We, yeah, it is what it is. We're slowly working our way up, um, slowly but surely. But um, the next year we got promoted to Division one B, I think, or something like that. And this is when like games were slowly becoming like televised with Poland and like Netherlands and everything like that. And uh obviously some of the guys playing back home with it, you know, you don't get that exposure where you see the big T V trucks outside and everything. So that was a really cool experience for I think for 
a lot of the guys going into that, but we got absolutely pumped. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's kind of tough here to the, the Australian Ice Hockey Association. We have to pay our own way to play um, in those national tournaments. So obviously it's tough to get the best players you can get for every tournament because, you know, whether they have holidays booked or, or whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's kind of tough to put our best team together, which is, which is sad because I right. think we could really compete with that. Um, we could really teeter-totter between that Division One, um, you know, and those those lower-tier European teams. But um, it is what it is. I mean, it's I can't see Australian hockey getting uh, that much better quickly. Um, obviously, given the climate and the, the popularity of the sport, it's, it's not up there, but it's slowly getting a little bit better, which is good. Sure, Haby. So you are, um, I mean, just to be perfectly blunt about it. You're a smaller guy in the NHL. Uh, has your game, how has your game changed in terms of moving from the Czech League to the NHL to the AHL? Have you had to adjust your style of play from each league to the next um, or basically making a lineup or going from one lineup to the other? How, how would you say your game has changed? Um, I mean, obviously the European game is a little bit different than the North American game. So I think once I Transitions over from that. I had to, you know, it took me a while to figure that out and, um, you know, kind of go from there. But as as for the NHL lineup to the AHL lineup, um, you know, being playing in the AHL for a while now, you get that little bit more of a, I don't want to say a little bit more of a leash, but you do have that little bit more of a leniency where if you were to make a mistake, you know, it's not the end of the world. But obviously in the NHL, you're trying so hard to stay in that lineup and play so well that you don't want to make any mistakes. So I think, um, Right. You know, the Indian NHL things matter a little. Uh, I, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say they matter a bit more, but they, they just have that little bit more of an effect if you do things wrong. There's probably more of a consequence than there would be in the AHL. Right. The little details yeah, are talk. so important. That's it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of jumping off from your style of game, uh, a clip that I, I love from, uh, I think it was preseason. We were playing the Montreal Canadiens, and uh, somebody hits one of our defensemen, Hobbs. I think it was Andrew Shaw. Something happened with him yeah. and Beagle and you earlier in the shift. What was going through your mind going up to a guy like Andrew Shaw and kind of grabbing him to defend one of your boys? <laughs> well, uh, I, I've known Hobbsy for a while now, and then obviously when it, whenever someone on your team you know, gets hurt or gets you know a bad hit taken, you know taking a bad hit, you always want to do something whether it's you know fight the guy or let him know you're coming after him, kind of something like that, and. Um, I didn't actually see the hit, but I heard it, and then I looked over, and I saw Hobbsy laying on the ice. So he knew, obviously, that it probably wasn't the best of hits. Um, right. So I skated over to Shaw, and, you know, obviously, one thing led to another. I knew probably what was going to happen after that. <laughs> but, um, you know, he, he's obviously been around the block. He knows what's going on. He knows how to handle himself. <laughs> and right. I, um, I'm just glad I didn't take one to the bloody temple. But other than that, it was, it was all right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it looked like you held your own there from what from what I saw. He got he got a couple of cheap ones I saw from the back overreaching, but uh, you did good. Yeah, especially <laughs> yeah, against a, up a crowd mid fight too, I think. <laughs> especially against a little rat like Andrew Shaw, everyone wants to see that guy get beat up. Right, but um, yeah. Okay, on to, sure, 20, yeah. on to the 2017-2018 season. Uh, you're placed on waivers by the Caps picked up by Edmonton, placed back onto waivers and picked up by the Caps. Just talk about, how, like, how much of a roller coaster that season that was. I mean, then obviously we know what happens at the end of that season. But just, yeah, just talk about that entire season as a whole for your career and how much you had to travel. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you start from October 4, I think, was the beginning of the season to, you know, June June 20th or whenever it was when we finished. Um, you know, you I I made the team and you're thinking, oh, this is, you know, this is unreal. I'm an NHL. Um, I've done it. I've made it. You know, you get your first couple of games and then you're slowly figuring out what it really takes to become an NHL. It's not just making the overnight roster. It's not playing a few games. It's It's doing it night in and night out. And that was the biggest thing for me, you know, thinking, all right, I'm here to, holy shit, I have right. to play way better in order to stay in this lineup. Right. Um, and then, yeah, I got picked off for waivers with Edmonton and figured, you know, it's a new start and kind of go from there. And things didn't pan out as well. Um, but, I mean, just that the stress of having a move. And I had a car in D.C. Um, you know, my wife was there with me. We had so much stuff. We had to pack so much stuff. Actually sold my car. Um, Sold my car when we went to Edmonton. So then mm. in Edmonton, we got a rental car and had that for the two, three weeks I was there and then came back to DC and totally forgot that I sold the car and was like, holy shit, well, now I've got nothing to ride around in. Tried to call, the same, fuck, tried to call the same fucking guy back and buy it from him? Yeah, well, the payment just went through like two days friggin' earlier as well. <laughs> oh, wow. So I was like, fuck, I should, should just hold the payment off and just bloody left the car there. But, um, so yeah, I had to deal with that. That that was that wasn't that big of an issue. Um, you know, the whole the car thing, but it was a bit of a roller coaster going from, you know, starting off in the NHL and then um obviously getting getting you know, I don't want to say tossed around, but thrown to, you know, Edmonton and then back and um then down to Hershey and um finishing the season out in Hershey and then coming back up and um uh, doing what we did in the in the playoffs with the Caps, you know, that was just such a roller coaster that whole season. But it was it was unreal. It was, you know, obviously the best experiences of my life. And, um, you know, hopefully there's more to come of that. And, but we'll, we'll see how we go. Yes. Speaking of kind of the highest of highs, I mean, most people's, I mean, most NHL players, first playoff game is, you know, round one, game one. Yours is game six, elimination game on the road. Pittsburgh, a team we can never fucking beat, it seems like. I mean, you get tossed in the lineup due to some injuries. Uh, What's your emotion going into that game? I mean, how did you mentally prepare for that? Were you a little nervous? Uh, I mean, and how did the team also change their game plan around, you know, the guys like you that they had to bring up, fill in the voids? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I didn't really know I was playing until, um, you know, the, the day of the game, walking had pregame skate, my name was on there to, to play. But I figured one of the – one of like, I figured Backy was, was going to play. Um, just because, you know, the warrior he is, you, you'd think he, you know, he, he would play. And obviously it was an injury where he couldn't. Um, so come game time, you know, I, I prepared like I would for a normal game. But come game time, um, I'm, my name's still up there and he's not playing. I'm thinking, holy fuck, all right, here we go. I haven't played a game in friggin', <laughs> I don't know, however long it would have been, a month and a half or so. I've just been eating and working out, not really doing a whole lot. Um, but, yeah, I just kind of went about business as usual. Um, obviously the business was a lot higher stakes than usual but it was uh it was good I mean the guys on that team were so good about it and just you know whether it was Brooksy or you know Carly or oh or anyone coming up to me and you know just saying it's okay like just play you know don't worry about it just don't have the whole stigma of the you know game six elimination with the Pittsburgh thing just just go play um and I think hearing that from guys like that definitely helped me and um I know Boyder as well we, we were both kind of after the game, we were both kind of looking at each other, laughing, just thinking, you know, what just happened? We just played in our first NHL playoff game, and um, it was unreal. It was such an unreal feeling, and um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, there's more playoff games to come. Yeah, so for it's, I mean, that's probably one of the biggest games in 
Washington Capitals history, your first playoff game, and you have one of the clutchest plays in the entire playoffs. Puck is chipped in the left uh, on the left wall. You win the race, take it down, uh, give a nice pass out to Alex Chazon. Uh, just take us through that play, like how it kind of developed for you and like what was going through your mind. Yeah. Um, I think Beegs and I switched. Uh, I think I ended up in the middle on the, on the regroup. And uh, so he was on the, he was on the uh, left wing boards. So his stick would have been towards the boards. Um, I mean, that's a pretty simple play that we would do all the time in the caps. It would go from the D to D up to the boards. Uh, you chip it in, you grab it, you wheel behind the net and then you look for options. So it was a, it was a play that you, we would do every day and, you know, whether it was breaking out of the puck or anything like that, um, just something so simple. And then, you know, like you said, it turns into be one of the, one of the biggest goals in Caps history. But, um, yeah, it just went D to D up to – I think Brooksy passed it up to Beegs and Beegs just kind of chipped it into that uh, hash mark area. And I was, you know, fortunate enough to beat that guy and grab the puck, go behind the net. And, um, yeah, I mean, Chase had a, had a wicked shot. That short side shot was unreal. But, uh yeah, that was that was insane. When that happened, you know, I, I think a little bit of pressure came off just, you know, knowing what game we're in and everything. And I think uh, it was a lot easier to play after that, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of talk us through what it was like being um, a guy that was trying to get into the lineup during that 2018 playoff series. Like, what happens when you didn't get into a game? Were you guys all watching the game together? I mean, I'm sure they put you up in a box. Like, what, what was that like? And what was going through your mind during that whole run? It was unreal. I mean, whenever you get to watch NHL playoff games live, it's pretty sick. Um, so, yeah, we're, we were fortunate enough to get a box, I think, most games. And uh, you just see so much more up there. And the intensity that the guys bring in playoffs is insane. It's I, I've never been to an NHL live playoff game um, before that year. And uh, it's it's crazy just how much more, uh, you know, just how much more drive it kind of – you can feel the players, the crowd, the coaches, the refs. Everyone's just giving it that much more. It's – it's crazy. You can really tell the energy in the building is just insane. Did you get to interact with the players like during the periods as well? Or did you guys just kind of like go off during the game and then come back at the end? Yeah, we, we, we wouldn't go down there for the periods. Uh, we'd okay. kind of stay out of the locker room and, you know, we didn't want to distract the guys and we didn't want to distract anyone and be in anyone's way. So, um, you know, we, we would just hang out in the box or hang out, you know, in, in a room somewhere and um, just go down when the game's done. So kind of speaking off of that, I mean, game five in Vegas, you know, the cup clincher, you guys are in the press box. When, when do you decide, like, is it after Laura scores? Like, fuck, we got to get down to the locker room. We got to get our gear on and get ready to go on the ice. I mean, take us through that. Did you guys like, was it as soon as that goal went in, you guys just bolted down there and started throwing your shit on or how'd that all play out? Yeah, I think, um, I think once Devo scored, because Devo scored to make a 3-3, right? Yeah, Devo scores. And then, yeah, Lars gets the winner with like seven minutes left. Yeah, so Devo scored, and we're like, all right, well, we've got to get somewhat dressed. Otherwise, if this goes into, you know, there's a minute left and we're not dressed, like, fuck. So we we um, we um got, like, half-dressed, and then Lars scored, and we were just going nuts. We're in the locker room by then. Um, we're just going absolutely bananas. So we, we got fully dressed, and then, sure enough, we were waiting in the tunnel with a couple minutes left and all that. And, uh, yeah, that was insane. That whole That whole little part was just so cool and so crazy. Yeah, I mean, you're on the ice, you get to lift a cup. Uh, that's got to be a hell of a moment for you. And uh, so thanks for picking up the cup for the first time. And then also what you do or you maybe don't remember from that night partying out in Vegas like you guys did. <laughs> um, I mean, as a, as a kid, you know, whether you're in North America or Australia, I think 
lifting that Stanley Cup over your head is definitely one of the biggest things you could probably do in your hockey career. And, um, you know, granted, I didn't play all the games and everything, but I, I still felt a part of that whole experience. And, um, you know, I obviously didn't go through what all those players went through. I can't put myself in those shoes. But I think just to be on the ice with them and have that opportunity to experience that with them was, was insane. And to lift that cup was just, um, you know, you, you dream of it your whole life. And that was just, that was, that was incredible. Yeah, for sure. And then building yeah, off I mean, that, go ahead, A.B. Uh, I was I was just gonna say I mean you, definitely you were a part of it I and mean, you were you made one of the biggest like we said earlier we meant to play early you made one of the biggest plays and probably the biggest game to get over that Pittsburgh Penguins hump that the Cavs just seemed to just can't be able to get over until that game. But, yeah, uh, well, yeah. I mean, um, I definitely I definitely felt a part of it. Don't don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, I definitely did. But you just I don't know. what's hard to explain. I guess when you. I don't know. It's tough to explain, but I definitely did feel a part of it. But obviously, you, yeah. I wasn't in the the mix. I guess um, for sure, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears really, I guess, part of it. <laughs> so after the party in Vegas, uh, you you win the Stanley Cup. You party in Vegas. You get back home. Uh, next is the parade. Talk about the parade a little bit. Like, how was that? What you, what time did you guys start getting ready for the parade? And then how how that whole experience was just riding through DC. Yeah, that was incredible. Um, I mean, I've never seen anything like that. That many people wearing the red jerseys was just insane. Yeah. The double decker box buses were sick. It was. Um, I didn't. I didn't expect it to be like that. I knew it was going to be a really big, really big parade, but that was just so cool and just it was insane. Like all, all that's something I'll cherish forever and remember forever. And um, when you know your name gets called on that stage, and you actually go out and you're the only one on that stage and you're looking at it, you know, however many people, however many thousands of people, um, that's insane. And that was incredible. And I'll, I'll remember that for the rest of my life. So talking about like good memories and all, I mean, before the parade, you guys went on that, that bender, it was kind of a shit show that entire week through DC. I mean, what were your favorite moments about that? Just going around bar hopping, uh, like who was the drunkest guy on the team throughout that whole escapade? You think? <laughs> um, I mean, that was sick too. A bunch of bars and, <laughs> I mean, obviously, it was all pretty public. Um, everyone kind of knew, but I think everyone was pretty pretty good at that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't single anyone. I think everyone kind of right. partied to their max. And, you know, I, as, as they were in their right, too, they just won the cup. So I think uh, I think everyone had a really good time with it, with it all. He, he didn't want to single Jacob Vrana out, but I think I, Vrana had, had to win, right? He was the drunkest. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know. There was there was probably a few more guys, but uh, I mean, getting the tattoo with the sleeve know. all the way up. <laughs> oh, that was yeah, that was hilarious. Um, I actually asked him about that. He said he was trying to show his other tattoo off as well, but I'm, I'm I don't okay. I'm not that. <laughs> <laughs> nope. So, um, I mean, obviously, you got. Did you get a day with the cup? I didn't. No, unfortunately, you did not. No, that that would have been that would have been unreal. But um, no, unfortunately, I didn't. Did any of the guys invite you to any of their parties? Like, did you get that summer, like, I guess, after the parade and all that? Did you have interaction with the Cubs still, or was that kind of um, – I didn't know. So I came back home to Australia. Um, actually, okay. Chandler Stevenson invited me to go to his Cup Day. Um, I think I would have just gotten to D.C. when he had it. So I was in North America, but um, I, didn't, I didn't go over there. I didn't want to take that away from him. You know, that was his time and his day. But, um, you know, he was, he was kind enough and nice enough to, to invite me there. But um, 
I mean, him and I, him and I are really good buddies. So that, you know, I would have been pissed off if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I got I'm just you. Kidding, but, um, so if you had yeah, your no, day, he, he, he me. would you have brought it back to Australia and just kind of done your day there? I think so. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been really special for all the, you know, all the kids that are, might sound horrible, but they'll probably never get a chance to see it. Right. Um, which, you know, which is sad. So that would have been, that would have been really cool to bring it back here and, and, you know, take it to the rink and take it to my hockey shop that I go to all the time and have the kids come there and raise some money for, you know, whether it would be gear for kids and or kids that have a tough time getting gear. Who, um, it would have been good, but uh, yeah, no, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully I just got to win it again and bring it back. <laughs> um, so you said you went back to Australia during that time. How often do you go back to Australia and what do you train there? What is, what is your kind of training situation like there? Yeah, whenever the season's done, uh, my wife and I head back. Well, now we have a daughter, so it makes it a little bit more tougher. But um, we we head back, um, and then I'm usually here till late August or so, and then head back overseas. But um, I just train here by myself, whether it's at the gym or I'm in the midst of trying to do a home reno, so hopefully I can get a gym in there, and that way I can uh, stay at home a bit more, spend some more time with the family, and um, just kind of see how that goes. Is uh, And I guess one other thing I want to add to that being – is roller hockey big in Australia? Do you see a lot of people playing out there on the streets? Uh, it seems like to be with social uh, media, it's kind of growing, but how is it down there? Yeah, I mean, it's slowly, it used to be really big here. Um, I want to say maybe 15, 20 years ago, it used to be really big. And then, um, like I was saying to you guys before, the, the governments, I think, kind of came in and, and demolished a lot of the rinks because they, you know, whether they weren't making money or the insurance money was a bit expensive or whatnot. Um, but yeah, ice hockey kind of took off then, and I think now inline's slowly coming back, but uh, it's not where it was before. But hopefully, hopefully one day it can be. All right. Sure. So now that we're on to the Australian questions, I got this is uh, kind of an off the wall question here. If you could compare your game to an animal, what animal would that be? <laughs> uh, does it have to be an Australian one? No, it doesn't. Go with it. Anyway. Um, I don't know. I've actually, I don't, I've never really seen a honey badger, but people keep calling me and I'm not quite <laughs> sure what it is. Did you just, just start YouTube and honey badger versus uh, like snake fights. And I think you'll get the idea. Little scrappy bastards. Oh, okay. I, I looked up some Australian animals. I said, maybe a Tasmanian devil. Oh yeah. Oh, I love the Taz. <laughs> I think they're extinct now. <laughs> oh, are they? You're not extinct. Come on, Tasmanian man. devils. What else? What else is there? What other animals? There's obviously like a bunch of shitload of snakes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, what what's the what's the wildest animal we've ever seen out there? Oh, I've seen a few snakes. Um, whether I've been bush riding or whatever on the bike, a couple brown snakes. I think if they they bite you, you you're dead within you know 20 minutes or so. Yeah. Well, so yeah. I guess building off KP's question and AB's question, would it be tougher to fight a Rue or Andrew Shaw? Oh, a kangaroo, I think. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, B. Those yeah, things kick you as well. They stand on their tails and kick you. I was going to say, yeah, they got some crazy boxing videos they like online. The, they have the wildest animals. Yeah, oh, yeah. Dangerous animals. What's that? So, Australia has like the most dangerous animals in the world, don't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, if you get bitten by anything here, you got to get checked out. Yeah, there's probably a new species of animal here that no one knows about either. Some sort of hybrid. <laughs> Just lurking around. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. AB. 
Um, so do you, did you watch soccer at all as a kid? Um, not a whole lot. I was more into rugby. I played rugby when I was younger. My old man played rugby. So I just kind of, you know, followed him, I guess, played rugby. And, um, I wasn't into soccer that much. I would, uh, you know, I, I like watching the highlights the way they curve the ball and shit. That's, that's unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for watching the whole game itself, I'm not that into it, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I watch, watch a bunch of rugby. Yeah, I saw gotcha. that your your older brother played rugby too, right? Or is he yeah, I think he just brother? played in school, just school rugby. Gotcha. So we kind of talked about it before we started recording, but you know, during this pandemic and all, what are you kind of doing to you know keep yourself busy and kind of kind of stay occupied? I know I know you got the young daughter and all of that. I'm sure that's <laughs> keeping your hands full. But are you watching any shows? I mean, <laughs> we talked about Chris Lilly and his his funny shit that's always on HBO. But uh, yeah, what are you doing to stay busy? Um. I mean, obviously, obviously, my daughter's keeping me busy. Um, you know, that's a that's a good good twenty hours out of the day. Um, but no, I'm I'm working out, trying to stay a little bit fit. Uh, obviously, coming into summer now, I'm you know I'm going to take a bit of a break off and take a step away from it all and um, spend some time with the family, enjoy that side of things. Obviously, it's a bit tough with what's going on in the world right now, but um, I think Australia's been doing pretty well at it. So they're thinking of easing some of the restrictions, which would be nice. You can finally go out and get some uh some friggin avocado toast which i've been craving and a nice <laughs> coffee the uh the breakfast and coffee here is unreal it's top notch it's got to be the best in the world for sure uh, australian um, breakfast is the best in the world i mean oh, what I, is it is this just the avocado toast and coffee or is there anything special about it oh it's just the way it's made i think it's made with just <laughs> pure love you know it's unreal but it's uh, <laughs> it's really good so you i mean usually when my my wife and i come home we do we do a breakfast every morning out um, for the first two weeks or so so we've actually saved some money which is nice um but i mean coffee's here like five bucks each too so that's that's a, a shitload of money over the course of a few weeks <laughs> yeah for sure so breakfast down on the put it on the bucket list uh last question for me i don't know if the guys have any more but um you're with the blues organization now uh i believe their hl team was that san antonio or the yeah. rampage or i believe they just got bought right yeah they got bought by, uh, by vegas, vegas so i want to say so what is your yeah, current situation then uh do you guys stay with that team but i mean but you have a contract with the blues i mean how does that do you have any idea of how that's how that's i think play out? um i think the farm team has moved to springfield okay gotcha so yeah the so the singlest farm team will be in springfield now and then i think vegas bought san antonio so that team will then be in wherever vegas puts them gotcha kpab got anything else yeah no, that's it for me, man. Uh, just really appreciate you coming on, uh, taking your time out of your day. Um, this is awesome. This is fun. Yeah, no, thank you. Thanks for having me. This has yeah. been really good. Yeah, hopefully we'll see you around D.C. Yeah. sometime. Anybody that's part of that Stanley Cup team is officially uh, labeled a D.C. legend. So anytime you're in town, beer's on us. And, uh, yeah. We wish the best of luck <laughs> to you, you know, with St. Louis and everything and uh, the rest of your hockey career, Nate. All right, thanks again to Nate Walker for hopping on. It was a little 8 a.m. shift for him. They over there in Australia. He was drinking coffee while we were drinking bourbon and beer. So, yeah, made for a fun interview. Yeah, best breakfast in the world, he said, is in Australia. Yeah, like yeah. it's like avocado toast or some shit, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, and then AB even got permission to call him, oh, Nathan, all I episode. Forgot. Didn't do it. Forgot the whole episode. Completely forgot. I I forgot like halfway through, and then I was like, "Oh fuck, when I, where can I throw it in here?" And then I just like just I was like, "Oh, you already lost it. You're supposed to do it right away, and you didn't." Yeah. So we'll hit on.
Right. We'll hit on two local things before we end the episode. We'll start here. Uh, the article I read about the Gardens Ice House being used as a makeshift morgue during the pandemic. Treating yeah. patients infected with COVID is a way station for some who have died. An ice rink. Are you ever going to play there again? <laughs> well, didn't they keep your money from men's league? I never paid. but They kept uh, your team's money or something? Yeah, they took – so Ben Crone was the one making the uh, – he was doing Looney Goons and – yeah, he. Uh, that's. I guess they said they're gonna keep all the teams' monies and credit them for the next season. And I'm just like, that's just such a scummy move. That lady a lot sucks. Of how you're doing that? She's always been the worst in terms of running that league, dude. Every year that fucking summer league goes up like 400 bucks a team or some bullshit. Anyway. No, it's fucking stupid, dude. And like every year, she does the same prices for fucking roller hockey as she does for ice. Roller yeah, should roller be like, hockey is ridiculous up there. It's like uh, three hundred dollars. Yeah, ro- roller should be like a hundred bucks a person, and that's it. Instead, she's charging everyone like, I, I, f- I forget how much the team fee is. I want to say it's like three thousand dollars. Yeah, that yeah, sounds about right. Ridiculous, dude. I remember the Cobra stuff being like f- over five grand easily. It's like holy shit. Yeah, it was so yeah. Stupid. When we were like seventeen, eighteen, trying to play adult, yeah, adult it's league like hockey. six grand to play on fucking Tuesday nights at eleven like p.m. 20. But all right, back to back to the topic at hand before we keep trashing that. But yeah, being used as a morgue. So yeah, uh, I mean, I guess I'm gonna have to play there again if I have yeah, to play there. It's, at some it's point, crazy that they that they I had to see use myself that. playing there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's just it. Kind of just grosses me out, bro. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like. I don't Can't know. make the ice any shittier, really, but yeah, they I mean, probably don't have ice. They just probably have a cold oh, no, as shit. They've gutted, they've uh, yeah. gutted all the ice. Yeah, yeah, especially now because it's May, going into June. Yeah, mm-hmm, for uh, sure. I wonder, I wonder if what, any other ranks are gonna move to that. I I wonder what's gonna happen with like like club hockey next year. Have, yeah, have, I'm interested about that. Like high school hockey coming up. How how stuff. leagues are gonna come back? Yeah, like tryouts were last month. Yeah, they're usually like right in April. Yeah. For I mean, that was always stupid too when like teams would have tryouts in April and then their first practice would be uh like September. Yeah. Well they're just getting you right at the end of your season. So kind of so you're still fresh and con- coming off that high and still in but shape. Some, and all. some teams like to do some summer shit, have like summer workouts, do a summer yeah, tour, but maybe. Like when it comes to the youth hockey level, like there are kids that can hit like a fucking six inch growth spurt over a summer. And next thing you know, they're just like like they're they're unreal and just skate around everyone and stick handle around everyone like over the course of a summer. Right. Very true. Like look at look at our boy Mitch Fink. Yeah, I mean just work hard all summer yeah. and the glow like, up. The glow up of Mitch Fink. Yeah, the glow up happened literally overnight, honestly. And that's in that Easton game. Yeah. I think it was always building though. Yeah. Always I mean, buzzing. Yeah. So, a, a rink, we'll end it with this, a rink that needs ice. Uh, we've talked about it before on here is Bowie. They finally got their new rink approved, and they started construction already. I think they're a couple million into it, and I think the city is now wanting to stop and cut it off because they need the money. They don't want to spend the money there because they need the money for COVID relief. It's also causing a bunch of shit to storm around that as well. So, KP? Yeah, I saw this. Saw like John Carlson and a, a bunch of uh, I think Joe B as Walker, well. Walker, Joe B. Oh, everybody retweeting it. This kid Aiden uh, was on. I think he posted on YouTube. Then it went like around on Twitter. A couple thousand he, views. Yeah, he's trying to get Governor Hogan involved, trying to get him uh, get him this message to help help save the rank and get us a new rank in Bowie. I personally 
grew up playing at Bowie, I, I think they do need like two sheets. Yeah, that was the, that was the home rank for all three of us. Right, but you go anywhere else, Rockville, anywhere out in Virginia, it's like two sheets and a lot more ice time for an organization. So it's definitely overdue in Bowie, and hopefully their their message can get to to Governor Hogan and we can get something done. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I think Kyle pretty much nailed it. Um, it's our home rink, so mm-hmm. we really don't want to see it see it go anywhere. And I mean, it it was honestly like some of the best ice in the state. Always I, the I best, was, always the best. And yeah, and there's and it's got that the wood, the wood roof to make it have that old time feel. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, unfortunately, the oldness of it do, does catch up to them. But yeah. the, the the biggest thing is because they wanted to cut it off because they don't think it they think it's they're just dumping into it money into an ice rink they don't understand how much it helps the community like that President's Day tournament yeah. that Bowie always hosted where you'd only get like one game at Bowie because you'd have to go to like Pioneer or Laurel yep but that right. one game at Bowie that rink was packed all day and there's people hitting Bowie Town Center and all that shit right around Bowie that needs the money and will be making the money right yeah. with this this two sheets of ice you're adding to it I mean that that's mm-hmm. a huge help. I mean, not just the hockey. I mean, there you guys knew growing up. I mean, it might have been a little annoying for us, but there's a big figure skating organization right there as well. And then you'd always fighting with ice with them. So, I mean, getting that extra sheet of ice can can space that up a little as well. Sure. So, where, I mean, based off what I can remember, where are they going to fit that second sheet? They're not building it on top. It's in a different location. Yeah, it's a different location. That's what I thought. Like five, ten minutes down the road or something. It's just kind of in a it's in a field. I was like, there's no way they can fit one there. No, they're building a whole brand new facility and it looks awesome as fuck, actually. If like you've looked at the floor pans plans and like rendering of it. It's a little nuts. But uh that's about all I got. We'll end the episode with that Aiden Kids YouTube video that KP was talking about. But uh KPAB, uh anything to touch on? Uh, actually, yeah, I'll catch you guys up on the NHL 18 playoffs right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because last we heard, it was what you're down two to nothing in Carolina. Oh, no, that was a or while you came ago. back and beat Carolina, but then who were you playing? The Panthers, I'm playing the Panthers. That's right, the Panthers. It's been a crazy, it's been a crazy series. Okay, uh, first game was like a seven six win, overtime win. OV Hattie. Um, I won the first two at home, the Panthers come back. Uh, they, it's two to two, um, pretty much every home team is one mm-hmm. and we are on to game seven right now. Uh, that is on Wednesday. I got Who's the leading on. scorer in the series. So I don't know who the leading scorer is in the series out of the entire playoffs. OV is sitting at 17 points in 15 games. He's got 10 goals, seven assists. Kuzi's got 15 points. Um, uh, Oshi and Vrana at 12, Backstrom and Wilson at 11, Carlson at 11. Love to see There's, it. Yeah, did so you guys the, catch Carlson on the uh, Chicklets Cup the other night? I did. Yeah, he, get, he got worked. Yeah, he was yeah, playing Pete Blackburn. Good. Dude, Pete Blackburn's funny as fuck. I love following yeah, him on Twitter. Funny. But, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty like, interesting, though. And then Revo hopped on. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of awkward at first. Yeah, like, yeah. They, couldn't, they couldn't hear him. And John, he asked John a question. Yeah. Like, what? The one about Oshi or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, they, they, they did give John a little talk about the Norris. Like, I mean, that is something we didn't touch on as well. I mean, that kind of sucks for him having this great-ass year season's canceled. I mean, how are they going to do those awards if they cut the season? I mean, at this point, there's been enough games. I think you give the awards. Yeah, you definitely still hand them out. 
Yeah. Johnny Norris is still good. Yeah, they were they were pumping him up as the probable Norris winner. I mean, he has to be. I think Drysaddle was probably the MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, Ovi will win the scoring race. Thank you. Yeah, because we got a game in hand on Pasternak. Yeah. Oh, they'll do the game in hand thing. Yeah, well, that's why we're first right now because Ovi's got a game in hand, one less played than Pasta, and they're both at forty-eight. I bet they'll say they tied. I yeah, don't know. I, mean, I don't know. Ovi's not going to want that just because of game in hand. You think he gives a shit? Yeah, I don't think he cares. I just yeah. don't. He might. He might. Just like cool. Because <laughs> you can't be like, well, he wouldn't have scored in one game. It's like, uh, he could have scored three. Or he could have scored none. Yeah, that's true. It's a good chance he scores, though, I think. I don't know. Even on that, that, uh, that if you listen to that whole Spitting Chicklets feed of uh, John Carlson playing the video games, he uh-huh. talked a little trash about Ovi missing like his empty net percentage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Perhaps. That, yeah, he, he said, said he misses Ovi more than he scores. Misses scores. way more than he scores, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ovi would have scored that night. He pro- he probably would have scored two that night that the NHL got canceled. They were playing the fucking Red Wings. All right, so I you know. tell me Ovi comes back tonight. Like, they come back in a week. Ovi scoring his first game? I mean, probably. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I'm saying probably. Whoever. I'm saying probably. Definitely would put my odds on Ovi. I agree. I mean, yeah, he's pro- – I was. I would probably lean towards probably too, honestly. I don't fucking know, though, but – yeah, um, back to that series. We're in Game Seven. Game Seven's on Wednesday. Um, Holpe has been trash. Holpe's been absolutely awful for me. So we're gonna need a big game out of him. Yeah, you gotta get going, yeah. man. You gotta get I'm, going, Holpe's dude. I put him in my ba- I put in my backup, dude. He was lighting it up. I might I might start the backup Game Seven. <laughs> Crazy Todd Reard move. Let's go. Let's go. Why not? So we got some. We won't talk about any of them, but we got the next three weeks are some pretty good interviews uh, next week and the week after part one and part two. And then we have a good one after that. But have you been following Tarek a ton on Twitter still? Like his hit the, the articles he's been putting out are pretty fucking good right now. Yeah, he's yeah, just still producing content. It's pretty we should, great. We got to hit him up, get him back on because he's had some really good stuff uh, about everything. I mean, he was talking about Leonsis and CNN today, the new normal in sports i talked i think he talked a little bit of caps goalies so hit him up i'd love Catch to get up. take on that uh the 24 team 16 team all that debacle sounds good well that's all i got so unless you guys get anything else have a good rest of the week that's, that's it, boys. it for me peace out boys hi my name is aiden gunn i'm 15 and a hockey player from Bowie, maryland This video is technically meant for the Bowie City Council meeting on May 18th, but who I'd really like to speak to is Governor Hogan. I hope this reaches you, Governor. I know you're very busy right now, so I'll keep this short. The newly elected mayor of Bowie and a few city council members have, in my opinion, chosen a terrible time to undermine a valuable community project that's really important to me and many others. Long story very short, in July 2019, the city of Bowie voted to replace our 50-year-old failing ice rink with a brand new two-sheet facility, and now they're trying to kill the project. I'm sure your staff can fill you in on all the details, like how it's amazing and will definitely make Bowie money, and how the old rink is falling apart, and they will most certainly tell you that the city of Bowie has plenty of money for coronavirus relief and does not need the funds allocated to this project for this emergency. The residents of Bowie, myself included, did, did this the right way. I learned a ton about local government during our fight for the rink and was inspired by the process. I joined with my friends and teammates and we fought hard for the new rink. This is us, 
doing interviews. There we go. Talking to the media. Um, and then here, speaking to the city council. I've been to many meetings. Uh, I went to my neighbors to try and inform them of the situation and have written letters. The vote happened and the rink was approved. The community was thrilled. Here's my brother and I at the groundbreaking. Um, the project is currently underway and half of the bu budgeted money is already spent. At this point, you're probably thinking, this is not a problem for the governor. But as I recently learned from you, sometimes you have to go above and beyond to get things done, right? Yeah. Okay, so we already told the city council how much this rink means to us. We poured our hearts out about memories and friendships and connections at the Bowie Ice Rink. This was done and the vote was made. This is about completing a project they promised us, a project they are financially committed to, to the tune of a wasted $16 million if they pull out. And most importantly, a project that is helping young hockey players, figure skaters, and kids all over Maryland have something to look forward to when we can finally leave our homes again. Governor, I'm really angry that the mayor and city council is choosing now to revisit this issue. They're using the chaos of this world crisis to slide this under the radar. They have already heard our views multiple times, but are choosing to ignore our voices and go behind our backs We're in a time when nobody has the energy to do anything, much less fight a battle already settled. The Bowie residents cannot defend their position on this matter right now. Nobody can. I haven't left my house since the first week of March. I can't even leave my yard because I'm at high risk. I'm just trying to figure out how to finish ninth grade, keep in contact with my friends, talk to my doctors online, and on top of all that, survive being trapped at home with my siblings. My parents don't have the time or energy to write letters or make videos. My dad's small business is struggling and he's trying to figure out what to do. My mom is homeschooling four kids, sterilizing everything, and trying to keep us all sane. This is everybody's story right now. Everyone is exhausted. The people of Bowie do not deserve to be given three business days notice to think about, defend, and process this. Mr. Governor, I would like to thank you for your leadership right now. I'm the kid you're protecting by asking your state to stay at home. Here's me during a normal flu season. I do not do very well. I have multiple health issues that make the coronavirus particularly dangerous for me. My immune system kind of quit on me, so every person you encourage to stay home helps me stay safe. Because of these health issues, I haven't been able to play hockey for 16 months, but I still love the sport, my teammates, and my family at the rink. I've stayed involved by volunteering, helping coach my little brother's team, and working hard to get this new rink approved. Again, thank you for working so hard, and thanks for taking the time to listen to me. And if you get a chance, please remind the city of Bowie that kids need to be able to trust their government to stick to their word and not steal their new ice rink while the entire world is turned upside down. Thank you. I've been keeping myself so busy, but